everybody welcome back to witch fix today we're going to be talking about a book which honestly i probably should have done a lot sooner given it was one of my favorites growing up but i don't know i just i just never got around to recording an episode on it and then it started to feel weird that it had gone on so long i didn't have my copies anymore to refer to because they've long since gone the way of the charity shop because i have a horrendous habit of just getting rid of things and then needing them later it's a problem um, but I decided to just try and do uh, an episode on this book anyway, despite the fact that I no longer have the book in front of me. So bear with me, this is going to be a little bit of an odd one. But the book I want to talk to you about is Sabriel by Garth Nix. And this was first published in like 1995. Uh, and I read it in, I guess, the early 2000s uh, when I bought it from the bookshop obviously but I picked it up and at the time I was more of a fantasy reader like I was reading urban fantasy I was reading like fantasy novels uh, you know about sort of witchy stuff even then and it's probably the most fantasy book that I've ever liked because as I sort of grew up I, I became less of a lover of fantasy and that's not saying that like fantasy is just for children it's just that my tastes changed quite a lot um, but I remember buying this book and then I got subsequently the two sequels for like Christmas and birthdays uh, as they came out in sort of the mid to late 2000s. And then after I'd sort of outgrown the series altogether, uh, a couple more books came out uh, in, in the series. So I haven't actually read those. I'm just going to be talking about the first one today because honestly, I think you should read the first one and I'm going to tell you why. So Sabriel then, it is the first book in the Old Kingdom series by Garth Nix. It might be called uh, in America something different. They usually rename things for America. But it's about a girl called Sabriel. And the first book is very standalone. Um, you don't have to read any of the subsequent... That was my Tamagotchi. For some 90s nostalgia. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, but you don't have to read any of the follow-up books. You can read Sabriel as a standalone. It is the shortest one of the three that I've read. Um, it's completely on its own. You can start it, finish it, not be left with any real trailing questions because the subsequent books are about like further generations down the line. They're not to do with um, the, the, really to do with the characters in the first novel. Uh, so the world in Sabriel is very different to other fantasy novels, and I think that's maybe what drew me in. I'm sorry if I can pronounce any of these words wrong, but I've only ever seen them written down, so I'm going to do my best. So Sabriel is uh, at the opening of the novel at school in Anselshire, which is beside the wall. And the time period was always a bit odd to me, but it felt very kind of post-Second World War England. There was private schools, motor cars, people with pet rabbits. It felt like not current like not contemporary but not too far in in the past but they live near the wall and the wall divides Anselshire from the old kingdom and the old kingdom is where magic exists and sometimes when the wind blows across the wall it brings magic with it and this can cause problems so there's like army stationed at the wall and no one crosses the wall um because you know old kingdom stuff is over there um and Sabriel begins the novel, she's at this private school being educated and her friend's rabbit goes out into the road and dies. I think it's hit by a car or something. And she brings it back from the dead. And that's how we learn that Sabriel isn't, you know, not unconnected with the magic of the Old Kingdom. Because her father is something called the Abhazen. 
which that's how I say it, but it's probably, it's kind of spelled phonetically as Abhorzen. But basically, he's a reverse necromancer in that he finds things that should be dead and he makes them dead again. And a lot of Sabrael is to do with death. So the way death works in this universe is that when you die, your spirit or soul, or whatever it is that makes you you, goes on a journey to its final death. And this journey is a series of parts of a river, a series of gates along a river. So you've got like the opening one, which is where the rabbit spirit is, and it's all very calm and not terribly dangerous. You can bring something back from there and it's not going to be a big problem because it's only been dead for a short amount of time. Its soul hasn't wandered too far. The further down those gates you go, if you come back from that, you come back as something weird and twisted and strange. And the gates become more perilous, so it starts off as a very um, reasonably safe spring and then it becomes a, a flowing river and then rapids and then a whirlpool and it gets more and more treacherous and in those gates you'll find dead things that are trying to claw their way back to life because they're terrified of what awaits them at the final gates and they want to get back to life uh, as much as they possibly can and basically they're, they're necromancers who use a series of bells which they carry on a bandolier across their chest the bells all have their own names and there are different movements associated with them and these are used to um call the dead bind them in certain ways uh, i think one of them forces them to walk so like compels motion or compels them to speak the truth and there are necromancers out there who bring dead things back to life to do their bidding and the Abrazin is the opposite of that. He travels around with his bells, ringing dead things back into death and protecting the world from them. Um, but Sabriel is contacted because her father is missing. He's disappeared. They don't know where he's gone. And they kind of need him because there's this whole thing by the barrier, by the wall, where all the bodies were coming back to life and lots of dead things were attacking and he carved special flutes which made a specific song in the wind to keep the dead from rising again and these flutes need to be replaced i think every now and again like he needs to rework the magic but he hasn't come to do that and if he doesn't you know the dead are going to come up it's going to be this whole thing in Anselshire where they're not really prepared for it so Sabriel is basically sent on the age-old journey of go find dad. He's gone hunting and it's been a while. But she's not terribly used to the Old Kingdom. So we get to see things through her eyes as she travels first to his house um, in the Old Kingdom and then goes on a, a lengthier journey to try and find out what's going on and where he's been and all of this stuff. These really fascinated me as a child because I felt like a lot of fantasy, and this is probably just my unfair reading of it, is that it's a lot like Lord of the Rings. There's a lot of stuff that is very, like, I don't want to say derivative, because that has a negative connotation, but it's very kind of based on that elves, dwarves, the world of men. Um, they add and take away different aspects of it, but it's that kind of very set in medieval times fantasy and bringing in characters from, like, D&D &D and stuff like that, um, which feels much of a muchness for me, whereas this was incredibly different to anything that I had read before and it had its own new set of creatures and its new set of rules and lore 
that really just like drew me in and it's an amazing female-led book and other characters main characters in the series are, are women as well so it really gave me everything that i was looking for uh so as much as i remember of the law it's the basically in the olden times of the beforeness <laughs> this is very scientific there was what's called free magic which is magic that doesn't obey any rules at all and it just goes off and does whatever it wants there's like magical creatures and all of this dangerous stuff and then all of the magic kind of got together and formed the charter which is ordered magic and this is where we get one of the biggest kind of sources of magic in the book which are charter signs which are all over the covers of, of the different editions of the book um, but they're basically kind of like runes in they're symbols that mean different things and you can imbue them with energy and put them onto things and have them do specific stuff and throughout the realm of the old kingdom there are charter stones um, which are stones with these signs on that keep the area around them safe and prosperous and have all these like different benefits associated with them and these are being destroyed all over the kingdom to try and like create areas in which the dead could operate more freely um and there are all these sort of rules about what the dead can or cannot do like they they come back and they inhabit like different people's bodies um held together by magic they can't cross like running water and things like that so there's all that law to learn about and then there are still free magic beings who aren't part of the charter and they are very dangerous and have to be bound by benevolent magic in order to sort of keep them from murderizing people and one of those is Savrielle's new best friend because <laughs> she gets to her dad's house uh, to, to like, look for him and it, we're introduced to one of her two companions for this book, Moggart. And Moggart is, on the surface of things, a white cat that can talk and on the not surface of things is a free magic construct that is bound into the shape of a cat by a collar that it wears covered in charter marks and with its own sort of miniature bell hanging from it that kind of keeps it in line and this is a spirit that you know her dad has bound and into service she also meets uh, a guy who has no memory of who he is who was turned into a statue and she manages to unstatuify him and then he has his own story that kind of feeds into the narrative and so sabriel eventually kind of this is her coming of age mission embracing her duty as like the abazon's daughter this is this, this is going to be her role trying to avert a huge warlike incident with the dead rising in Anselshire, looking for her dad and also learning about death and mortality and the fear that sort of drives people to avoid death and to try and flee from it even when they are already on the river in the process of being dead and they're still trying not to be dead which i think is a fascinating thing she also reads the book of the dead which is an insanely weird book um which i think maybe sometimes bleeds if i'm remembering correctly like you have to keep it wrapped up in a cloth and you can't read it and remember it like some bits of it you can always remember but some bits of it you will only remember when you need them and sometimes it changes what it says. So I love that idea as, as, as I was growing up, like this this book that can change its contents and change what it says um, to people and all of this stuff. We get introduced to a lot of very interesting magical things that I had not seen previously 
in like other fantasy books although it has to be said I wasn't a huge fantasy reader but like at the time when I was growing up people were either reading Harry Potter or his dark materials um and I did read Harry Potter and quite liked it but this was so much more interesting to me and yet no one I knew had read it and it was so frustrating not having anyone to talk to it about so strap in we're, we're going to explore some stuff so one of the things that's new and interesting is the paper wing which is basically like a giant paper aeroplane that you can fly in um, which is powered by like charter magic and full of all of these marks and woven together uh, out of magic insanely cool all of these different walled cities with different running water contraptions to try and keep the dead away the bells themselves which all have like different names like I think Saraneth, which is like the one that makes you go to sleep um, and all of the different things and you actually end up learning like their names and the, what powers they have and sometimes you can use two at once in like these weird different bell ringing holds which use both powers so you can compel something to like walk and talk which is how you make things like do your bidding it's all very cool I loved it we also like get to find out a little bit more about different races and stuff in this world. I say races, they're not really races, they're more like bloodlines. Um, so you don't really get like magical creatures in the sense that you get sort of like humanoid creatures like elves and dwarves. The creatures are either dead creatures or free magic creatures. Um, but the different bloodlines do different things. So there's the Alperson bloodline, which Sabrell is part of. And then you also meet the Claire, which are a group of like blonde haired, blue eyed people from this great big glacier in the north, sort of like Sweden, I guess, fantasy Sweden. Um, and they can see the future. And I think they turn up in Sabrell to like tell her something that's going to happen. Like they can see visions of the future. And we also learn about the wall makers who obviously made the wall, but they were really good at turning charter magic into things. But I think they've been gone for a really long time. Like their bloodline died out. Um, I think we see a resurgence of it in later books, but basically they made all of these contraptions and things with charter magic. Like I get, I think maybe the bells, but things like that, they could make all of this magic stuff and that's why it's so rare and important and why the wall is so powerful at like keeping back magic. It's not just a wall, although it you know, is under threat from all these dead beings trying to tear it down. The books were like really good at explaining all of this stuff and pulling all this lore together and weaving it into an interesting story. Um, it felt very original, very um, easy to understand though. It was It was not incredibly complicated once you have a couple of major ideas down like the river of the dead what the bells do it, it really kind of falls into place and you can kind of see the logic and everything that's happening and what i really liked about it was how it looked at death and how it looked at destiny and duty and these are like really good themes and i think in terms of like a book that really teaches you about you know death and how everything has its time to die and death is a natural part of life and nothing to be afraid of i think it does that really well and that's something that's like so important for young people um there's a minor spoiler warning for what i'm about to say but when you get to the end of this river this like terrifying journey it's just a completely still pull because the final gate is not scary it's it's just passing over it. it's death 
but some things are so terrified of of losing that of like passing over into like the final death at the end of everything that they'll spend all of their life and all of their energy and try and claw back into life in any way they can because they're so terrified of it and at the end there are people who just accept oh okay i'm dead now which i, I found so interesting like when i was younger so it's not a very long book you know it was like less than an inch thick it was sort of on par with like the third harry potter book in terms of thickness definitely a great one for young readers and also our older readers please go and read it because it's so good yeah that's that's basically i really can't recommend it enough and although it doesn't really have like witchcraft in it in, in that it's not really called witchcraft i took so many magical lessons from this book um so like obviously the charter marks charter stones i still put runes on stones and bless them and put them in my garden to like help the area grow and that is taken directly from sabriel and like how the charger stones work and it's like an interesting look at just like how you can use magic in that way um and just so many cool fantasy ideas that really tie in with the idea of witchcraft really well as well like the book of the dead and knowledge and how hard it is to gain and yet like you might not even know that you have it until the right moment comes some just great lessons all around uh, and just being like wary of astral enemies or like you know non-beneficial presences it's a really good way to illustrate the dangers of that as well so excellent book really recommend it i know for a fact that you can get the audiobook of it on borrowbox for free at the moment um borrowbox is like the library app in in the uk i don't know about america but you can definitely get this on a lot of different uh sources like probably kindle and also on um audible as well so give it a go give it a listen get back to me and then we'll talk about books two and three because i have some thoughts in the meantime if you have anything you'd like to recommend drop it down below or put it into the comment section on youtube and i'll be sure to sort of seek out some of this stuff although i keep getting recommended films that i can't find on dvd and it's heartbreaking uh, that they're only on like region one dvds that wouldn't play on anything i have which is really upsetting but drop those recommendations and I will definitely get to them and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.